What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, a Monday rundown on a Tuesday. Sean and I are on the phone. We are quarantined, as I hope everybody else here is listening to that and staying safe out there. Not much to talk about when it comes to sports or really life even, but Sean and I tried to make the best of our free time, and we talked NFL free agency leading with Tom Brady. After that, we ranked some Jets and Giants free agent history. Following that, we talked a little MLB and some pop culture. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, the greatest website in the world, and pay attention because there will be some new articles up there soon. That is SorrySports.com. And shoot us an email if you have anything to say, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. Enjoy the pod, and we'll be talking to you soon. everybody welcome back to the start interrupt podcast quarantine week two tom and i no longer in studio that was fun while it lasted right the one time since the new year yeah and then uh i don't know shit started running downhill fast huh <laughs> sure as shit did man but uh anyway casualties are going up how... cases are going up now not just it's... old people die from it <laughs> it's uh I think we're going to be in this for the long haul, man, unfortunately. But how are you doing? How's uh, how's life treating you? You know, just trying to stay uh, sane and keep myself entertained. I've been I've dipped up into uh, a baseball card habit where I've just been uh, buying and selling baseball cards. That I, Aside from my usual Dino Hype code, DinoHype.com, um, clothing and, and sneakers, now I'm into baseball cards. I went to Target today. Bought some baseball cards. I had to get out of the house. I know everybody's going to say shame on you, but I had to get out of the house. I hear you, man. It's weird. Even if you just go for a drive or something, like just you got to clear your mind. It's it's for the it's for the greater good to stay in, but holy shit, is it difficult? And I know, like, sounds selfish, but I'm glad you were able to get out a little bit. And then, what are you doing to pass home. the time? And the shows are boring to me right now, which. It's really not good because, you know, there's nothing else to do but catch up on your shows. But I can only watch so many and I just want to, you know, bang my head against the wall. Oh, I hear you, man. It gets monotonous for sure. I've just been trying to, you know, do kind of the same thing. Uh, Break stuff up, read a little bit, listen to some different stuff. Took a Uh, walk today. That was nice. There you go. Fortunately, the weather's been all right where we're at. So um, Aside from the snow yesterday. I know, but three days before that it was 70 degrees so who the hell knows but uh-huh. we're just trying to break up the monotony trying to i'm trying to take every day at a time you know like not not try to forecast out weekly or or go too deep into what i'm going to do every week i kind of want to just take each day day by day and see like all right this is how i'm going to pass the time today this is something productive i can do so uh you know we're going to make the best of it and obviously you know hope everybody stays safe and and stays inside. So anyway, man, we did our pod last Monday, right? And a couple of uh, big news stories came out right afterwards. And of course. Tuesday morning, Tom Brady sends out that emotional Instagram post saying goodbye to New England. And within hours, uh, he was heading to Tampa Bay. What were your initial reactions before we get into it? Um, just, 
I thought this was a good move from the get-go, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, you couldn't wait to text me, tell me I was wrong, which I was. You didn't really gloat, though, of course. Um, you're a no. humble guy. But you did call it. I think you mentioned Tampa Bay as one of your early-on favorites to um, sign Tom Brady. Not just because, not like you have any inside info, but you did say it was one of the better situations for Tom to go down to. Yeah, I mean, that's really how I felt. I mean, I thought Tennessee made the most sense, but obviously once they committed to Tannehill, that was out. The the L.A. and Las Vegas didn't seem to make the most sense football-wise, and I do think he, he cares most about that, obviously, evidently through this move. But, you know, going down to the NFC South and playing for Tampa Bay, having Arians and Leftwich, a defense that got a lot better as the season went on under Todd Bowles, your former head coach, I mean, the team is pretty much set. Yeah, I mean, they were they were my dark horse playoff team last year, and if Jameis didn't turn the ball over thirty five times, forty times with between touch or uh, interceptions and fumbles, they might have been one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to be honest, I think Jameis gets another shot somewhere, whether it be as a backup or as a starter. Um, with the coronavirus and whatnot, don't really know where, um, but I do think he gets another chance to play in the NFL. Uh, Mariota goes down, his counterpart from the draft, I believe he went to Oakland. Or not Oakland, now it's Vegas. Um, I know, it's going to take a while to get that settled in. Yeah, um, they're going to have a little QB competition there. But looking back at Brady, I think it is probably, aside from Tennessee, his best chance. And they have even better offensive weapons than Tennessee. Ronald Jones, a former first-rounder, finally decided to uh, round into form a little bit. And then, obviously, he's got two really good wide receivers, two probably top 12 wide receivers in football there. And a good tight end yeah. as well, your guy out of Alabama. Yeah, O.J. Howard. I mean, he's been a little inconsistent. but I, you know, Most tight ends for the first couple of years are. Exactly, and he's had some work ethic questions. Well, I, I don't think that he'll have any with Brady there, and, no. and I think that this is a team that's that's ready to go, and so we both agree that that was a really good move. I was a little surprised from the standpoint, if you take away just pure football, you know, you think of him as a glitz and glamour kind of guy, you know, not to say that that was going to be his the, the ending, you know, decision for him, but he definitely doesn't seem to fit the Tampa Bay mold. And, you know, Tampa's struck out a couple times on big names in the past, and you kind of got the sense of, okay, this makes sense football-wise, but there's still Indianapolis. There's, you know, a couple other spots that will probably want him. It turned out the market wasn't that robust for him. So I guess he looked, he analyzed, you know, the, the landscape of teams that were possibilities and just said, yeah, this is the best move. Let's do this. Yeah, and he got his money as well, so I guess you can't really complain. If you wanted to leave the Patriots, I think it's a pretty good move for Tom being 42 years old. I agree with you, man. I think this is a great spot. So with that being said, where do we see Tampa Bay in in the NFC South and then you know possibly going forward even further into January next year? What do, what do you think? I think they're the second best team in the division now. Behind New Orleans? Yeah, I, w- I would still put New Orleans over them unless you see a tremendous regression from Drew Brees, which I don't really see happening. I just think that team is still more well-rounded than Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think you could say that, you know, New Orleans is Peyton an has coronavirus, team. by the way. 
Yes, yeah, Sean Payton did test positive for it. He came out and, and spoke about it, which I thought was good. He was the first real big name in the NFL world to to test positive and make that public, but hopefully he's okay. But, yeah, it, I mean, you know, you look at the Saints. Last year, Breeze did fall off a little bit. I mean, he was not great in the second half once he came back from that thumb injury that cost him, I think it was about six weeks. But you could also argue that Brady did as well. You could. I, I would still say that, you know, Brady, I would I would still make the, the claim that he didn't have the necessary weapons to, to play at the level that Tom Brady's used to playing at. I, I definitely can't say that for oh, New Orleans. I agree with you completely. I mean, losing, yeah, losing to Kirk Cousins at home in the playoffs is a tough, tough way to go out. And I have seen a little regression from Breeze. He's still obviously, he's great. I don't expect him to drop off dramatically. I could see Tampa winning this division, man, because the biggest thing for me is they might not have those crazy big plays because Brady doesn't have Jameis' arm. But one thing's for sure is they're going to be a lot more secure. Uh, They're not going to be turning the ball over at record paces. And I think that defense, who that won't have to be on the field nearly as often, you know, compromising for for Jameis' constant fumbles and interceptions – they're going to be able to lock down another second year under Bowles. He'll be able to round that defense into shape. We know what he did with the Jets and, and before that with the Cardinals. I think that this team, I would probably pick them to win the division, to be perfectly honest with you, dude, despite how good New Orleans is. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I may pick them by the time whenever the NFL starts. Lord knows at this point. But, you know, and Tom Brady... Over the last two years, just given the lack of offensive weapons, even though he won a Super Bowl two years ago, he had to throw the ball down the field. But Tom Brady's more comfortable being surgical and and just death by a thousand paper cuts. And I think with all the weapons he has now, somebody's always going to be open, and I think he's going to be able to do that more often. He's not a down-the-field thrower at this point in his career. No, and the best thing for him is, you know, between Evans and Howard, I mean – they're going to be able to have a lot of extension with yards after the catch. That and somebody's that always going to be open between Godwin and, and Evans on the outside. Exactly. I mean, there, there's not enough guys on the defense that can cover that much offensive talent, and we've seen what Brady can do. I, I expect Brady to dip a little bit in production. He is forty. He will be 43 years old by the time the season starts. But I don't know, man. I mean – I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt just because he is the GOAT and the Patriots really, I mean, left his left him completely barren as far as talent is concerned on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Mohamed Sanu banged up Julian Edelman, no tight end, and Kill Harry who didn't really come about, Sonny Michelle who hasn't done anything. I mean, that's a – and an offensive line that was really compromised too. You know, you're you're not going to give an immobile quarterback a lot of chances to win games there. Tampa Bay gives him a much better chance. Totally. Agree with you, man. Okay, so Tampa Bay, maybe they don't win the division, but you agree they're probably a playoff team right now, right? Definitely, yeah. I completely agree. And, again, if you put Tom Brady in the playoffs, I don't really care if they're a wild card or not, although he's used to getting that first-round bye, obviously. I'm going to put my money on him in the playoffs. So what's the ceiling for this team for you? I think obviously with with the Rams not only falling off as and selling off, I mean they they lost pretty much everybody. Um, I think that they could be a, a Super Bowl favorite to to represent the NFC. I think they're a top five team in the NFC. 
I agree with you, man. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I, I would I would put the Packers up there. Obviously, I'm going to keep the 49ers right there, too. Yep. Seattle is always going to be in contention. It's always interesting we'll to see Orleans. when it comes to 49ers and any other team that loses the Super Bowl, though, that it seems to me like the numbers say that they don't even make the playoffs the year after. That's true. That's true. It does feel like the the core of this team is very much in place, and they're still going to wreak a lot of havoc on the league but you're right i mean they're gonna they're gonna be the target in the nfc and tougher schedule target on their back it's always interesting to see how a team comes back after making a super bowl appearance especially when they lose absolutely absolutely i mean we certainly thought last year that the rams were going to be right back at it because how much better win the super bowl man I, i know so you're right i mean it definitely can fall fall off fast but I think Tampa Bay has as good a shot as anybody in the NFC. No doubt about that. Absolutely. Okay, cool deal. So the second part of this equation is the New England Patriots. You had to have been over the moon happy to see this guy who has haunted you for years finally out of the division, right? I mean, of course. You know, I hate Tom Brady's guts. I respect the hell out of the guy. Me and him have the same initials. I wish he was on a different team. Maybe I would buy a TB hat, but now I'm never going to do that. Um, but with that being said, <laughs> I'm not as excited as you kind of alluded to there just because of the fact that Bill Belichick is still the head coach of the New England Patriots. And until he is retired, possibly dead, I, I'm still <laughs> not going to feel comfortable, especially given the way the Jets have run. Their organization has been run over the past, what, I don't know. We're gonna go through over our we're gonna go over our best and worst free agents in a couple in a couple minutes. So <laughs> they're still the Jets, and Bill Belichick is still the head coach of the Patriots. So I I have some concerns, and if they sign Jameis, I'll be really concerned. Yeah, no, I totally hear you on that. I, I figured it was just you know this guy finally will not be playing you in a game that matters this season, and that has to be. You know, whether he's 43 or 83, I'm sure that's got to feel good knowing he's not in the wearing number 12 for the Patriots. But you're right, Belichick is still there. The interesting thing to me, man, is we know Belichick's not going to tank, right? We know that they're going to probably find a way to be competitive because they have been all those other times when Brady didn't play. But if you think about those in, in you know, individual cases, you know, Matt Castle in 2008 comes in, he goes 11-5 and five when Brady gets hurt in the first half of week one. But remember, that team was off the almost perfect season the year before. So that team was loaded. Yep. In 2016, when Brady was suspended for the first four games, that was coming off the team making the AFC Championship game the previous year and winning the Super Bowl the year before that. So the team, that team was also loaded for Garoppolo to play, I think, his one and a half games before he got hurt and then Jacoby Brissett. So... I'm interested to see now this team is not nearly as talented as those two cases were. We talked about the offensive, you know, deficit that they have as far as skill positions players are concerned. And then also who is playing quarterback for this team? Is Jared Stidham going to walk in and win 10, 11 games is, are they bringing in a Dalton or a Jameis? Are they going to draft somebody and start him? Are they going to roll with maybe a Cody Kessler or they brought back Brian Hoyer? Remember, this offensive line's not that good either. I know Belichick, we want to just put him in and for an AFC East title, but I don't know, man. What do you think? I mean, 
I know he's killed you, but this team is not nearly as good as it has been in the past overall. I mean, right now, on paper, I'd say Buffalo's better, right? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a homer and say the Jets are better. I'd say the Patriots are probably the second best team in the division. Then I'll throw the Jets in third, given the moves that they've made in the free agency, which I'm happy with so far. I'll have to see what they do in the draft. And then I'll throw, even though Miami has made a ton of moves, they had a million, billion, trillion dollars. I think they had the most uh, money in free agency by far. I'll still put Miami down there at the bottom. Yeah, I would too. I, I would I would certainly agree with your order. I'm interested it's... to see the uh, quarterback-wise what the Patriots are going to do. I would not be shocked if Jameis Winston is a New England Patriot. I wouldn't either, man. I think that's a good call by you. And, and if you want, you can go right on the record right now. I think he's going to be a Patriot, and it's going to kill me. <laughs> because, I you know, think it. about think – what, what did he throw? 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions? Yes, sir. So in New England with Bill Belichick, no nonsense, no bullshit. He'll cut the guy if he has that many turnovers. If Jameis makes it through an entire season, try 30, 30 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. You're making the playoffs on that alone. You're making the playoffs on that. I mean, they're going to need NKL Harry to, to really show out and, and take that next step. And they're going to need Edelman to be healthy. And they're going to need to get a tight end in there. I mean, there are a lot of holes offensively. And, and remember, Jameis was able to make a lot of big plays because he had Godwin and he had Evans. And before that, he had Deshaun Jackson, too. I mean, this is the draft Howard. to go out and get a, get a sure thing wide receiver instead of Belichick throwing fucking darts at the wall because that's the one thing that's his Achilles heel yeah and I mean they spent the first round pick on Harry last year and he was you know he was probably the least productive first round wide receiver I mean if you look at all the other teams that had guys I mean Tennessee brings in an AJ Brown I mean even your guy um out there in Seattle Metcalf who was a third rounder had, had a great year I mean Harry was banged up we'll see what he ends up being but you know, Muhammad Sanu, Edelman, Harry, I mean, that's just not going to get the job done right now. So you're right. We have to see how this roster fills out. But I do have concerns about how great the Patriots can be. But Belichick's genius is, is about to get tested uh, for the first time in New England without Brady. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But, again, that's that's a wait-and-see kind of thing. Free agency's not over yet. We're going to have to see what they round the roster out with. And they still have probably a top-five defense, probably top-three defense out there. Yeah, because they've still got Gilmore. They re-signed McCourty. Um, I mean, they're yeah, they did lose Kyle Van Noy and, and Jamie Collins, but they, they you know them. They never have a problem defensively. No, and and without Brady being there, maybe Belichick can play more of a style he wants to play, and maybe they're going to win more games, seventeen to ten, as opposed to having to get into the twenties. But I mean, hey, a win's a win. A win's a win, and Belichick's used to having a shit ton of them. So we'll see, man. But it's got to be—it's got to be so weird for you. I mean, this is it, the last twenty years. All you've known is Brady in New England, and as a Jet fan, it's got to be kind of—I know what you, what you said, but I'm sure when you just take a second to be like, "Wow, I'm going to see the Patriots starting a quarterback, not Tom Brady, with Tom Brady not even being on the roster." Yeah, I, I think it's going to be weird for everybody seeing him in that Tampa uniform. It's like seeing. Michael Jordan in a Wizards uniform, you know, or I don't know. I, I, that's the only comp I can really go with because in my book, Brady's the greatest football player of all time and MJ's the greatest basketball player of all time. So that's kind of my comp there. 
I like it, I, and I, I certainly can't disagree with you. I, you know, nobody's pulling up Jordan Wizards highlights. I, I don't, I don't think anyway. Hopefully, Although he didn't also he did, and you know, hopefully for the Buccaneers and their fans, if they exist, the uh, you know <laughs> Brady will make a Pro Bowl and 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 give them a chance to win the Super Bowl. Their their second in franchise history. Um, Let's hope not. So we covered that. Lots of NFL moves going on since we last talked, my man. I'll run through a few with you here and just get your opinions on them. In no particular order, we see Todd Gurley released by the Rams and subsequently signs a one-year show-me deal with the Falcons. What do you think of him being released and then going down to Atlanta? Not surprised he was released. They gave him that massive deal. They didn't want to give him the rest of that guaranteed money. I think they're in full-on rebuild over there in L.A. with the Rams. They've let a lot of defensive players go. The defense was kind of their bread and butter. I know that they had a flashy offense, but the backbone of that team was the defense, and you saw it fall apart big time this past year. Um, And then as for Gurley, I think he's going to have a pretty good year in Atlanta. They have a good offensive line. Freeman, who's a much uh, just a, given a lesser running back, had a great year, a great fantasy year. Um, and I think Gurley can have a comeback year and get a decent deal on the open market. Maybe they'll even re-sign him before the year's over. Yeah, I, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I thought That knee still worries you just because I think it's arthritis in that knee, and that's just something that doesn't go away. But if they can mix in an Edo Smith, if they still have him or another running back, and just use the guy the right amount, because they're used to a two-headed monster out there in that offense, I think he's going to have a good year. I do too, and, and you're going to give him an opportunity to play with a chip on his back, and, or chip on his shoulder, rather, chip on his back. What the fuck? <laughs> and uh, and that's going to be, you know, that, that's going to be a good move for him. And Atlanta has a chance to really maximize his potential. Um, I mean. We've seen what he is when he's healthy, and he's absolutely dynamic. And I'm sure he wanted to go back to Georgia, too. Um, kind of a cool homecoming story for him if it turns out to be, you know, a healthy and productive season for him. Yes, Dante Fowler Jr. <laughs> there you go. You'll be watching that 30 for 30. Uh, Dante Fowler Jr. also goes down to uh, town to Atlanta. The Stefan Diggs trade, wow. Goes to Buffalo for a 2020 first and fifth and sixth round pick. Along with a 2021 fourth round pick, a haul that Minnesota got. Listen, I, I know you're going to say this. I was, <laughs> I was just about to say that really makes you scratch your heads because Stefan Diggs is a great player in his own right, and I know his deal's much more team friendly than DeAndre Hopkins. But I mean, Jesus Christ, Houston Texans and Bill O'Brien, look at the haul that Minnesota went out and got from Buffalo. Unbelievable. And kudos to Buffalo. I mean, they're getting their young quarterback, their guy. I mean, they, they collapsed in that playoff game. and But the signs are there. I mean, that team with that defense and, and Josh Allen coming into his own a little bit more. I mean, this team is really, really good now. And you add a playmaker like Stefan Diggs, who had been trying, lobbying to get out of Minnesota for a while. I thought that was a really good move on both ends. I know that's a lot of picks to give up, but man, if he's your guy and he's going to open up finally in a vulnerable AFC East, you got to you got to pull the plug and, and make that kind of move. Where do you see Buffalo now? You said before you could see them winning this division. Yeah, I absolutely do. It depends on obviously, like I said, the moves the Patriots make, but right now I think it's Buffalo and then everybody else. I think so, and you know they seem to play really, really well. 
um, for their head coach there, McDermott. So I'm going to give them the nod in the AFC East right now as well. Stephon Diggs, he can be a little bit of a malcontent. Hopefully Josh Allen gets him the ball early and often so there's no chemistry issues. Panthers bring in Teddy Bridgewater. It brings him in on a th- three-year deal to be their starting quarterback. They and also hey, just I mean, picked up Robbie Anderson today. They picked up your old boy Robbie Anderson, two-year, $20 million deal there. That was a little bit of a head-scratcher got- for me. Okay. What, what made you there? Was it the fact they gave him two, the money, the years? No, it had nothing to do with thoughts? the contract, just the fact that I think he's kind of a carbon copy of Curtis Samuel, who I actually think is better and more sure-handed than him. But, hey, maybe they move Samuel into the slot full-time or they move DJ Moore into the slot full-time, and then they have Anderson and the other guy on the outside. Now they have a little bit more of an attack to go with McCaffrey. That's got to be their thinking, right? Honestly, and another weapon that you can give Bridgewater. From a Jets standpoint, though, I'm glad they didn't waste the money. Yeah, that's a big time. That's a lot of money to give Robbie Anderson, who's kind of unproven in this. Enjoy league as far him. As, that's all know, I'm going to say. Versatility. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Tom Bridgewater, enjoy that. <laughs> Tom's letter. Hey, remember they got to know each other for a tiny bit there when Bridgewater was going to be a Jet. That's true. I like the deal for so, Bridgewater. He really proved himself in New Orleans last year, um, and clearly Drew Brees isn't planning on retiring anytime soon. Um, I, I like the move from Carolina, and I just think. Cam's relationship with them and his time there just ran its course. Evidently, right? And I think his health was just such a major concern. That well, new clearly, head coach they Matt couldn't Rule, even trade him. They had to cut him. Yeah, I mean, and new head coach Matt Rule, you know, he wants to have his he wants to have his guy in there, and they, they identified Bridgewater as that guy. They also traded Kyle Allen to the Redskins, so right now... Picked up a guy um, out of the XFL as a backup. They picked up P.J. Walker, and they still have Will Greer, who they drafted last year. So a pretty busy quarterback room. But the thing you can say about Bridgewater is he is steady. And I think for what this team wants to be, they're going to need a quarterback like that. They can pretty much bank on him playing, playing well. And after seeing what he did for New Orleans, like you mentioned, for those six games last year, this was a move that made a lot of sense for them. They bring in a Robbie Anderson to give him another weapon. We'll see what they do in the draft. I think that this team has potential, if all things break right, to, to be a competitive team in the NFC. I agree with you, man. Again, um, they were in playoff contention for a little bit of time there. Kyle Allen, that was a nice story, kind of like the Dutch, Duck Hodges story, but you knew eventually that was going to be over. I don't think he's a starter in the NFL, but they traded him for some value. Um and I just think Bridgewater, Bridgewater, Bridgewater is a steady hand. Um, and I think he's going to do a good job out there for him. I do too. What happens to Cam? Where does Cam go and, and what kind of deal are we looking at for him? Shit, I don't know, man. Um, thankfully, I mean, I know you jokingly said it when Sam Darnold right after the mono thing. Thankfully, Sam Darnold played much better in the second half of the season and there is no talk of that. So he won't be a Jet. Um, no. I don't know where we're looking, to be honest, man. Maybe, I mean, maybe a Denver? Denver does make sense. It's a possible landing spot. I agree with you there. They just got um, rid of Flacco, so they're they're in the market for a quarterback. Maybe the Chargers. They said they're happy to ride it out with Tyrod Taylor. I'm sure they're drafting somebody at number six or if they move up any further. Um, you know, in the draft, they're – 
there's going to be probably Justin Herbert available, probably uh, Jordan Love available. Um, so they might bring in a guy and, and want to ride with him. But Cam makes sense there. Another one, I'll throw his name in this area. You mentioned Jameis. I'm going to say New Cam England. maybe for New England. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I think that could make sense. Again, on a one-year kind of deal, maybe they don't want to give the reins to Stidham, or maybe they do, and, and Cam just gets in under the Belichick McDaniels program. You think Cam's just a little too outspoken for Belichick? I mean, Jameis has his trouble just being kind of a dopey guy, no offense to him sometimes, but, I mean, Cam's very outspoken. He is, you're right, and former MVP, so he obviously has some has some merit in this league, went to a Super Bowl. You know how I feel about outspoken stars once they go to New England. I mean, we've seen it happen, not at the quarterback level, but a lot of other positions, and they seem to be on their best behavior, at least for a little bit. And with Cam's career kind of in limbo, uh, I think if you bring him in there, he's going to be he's going to be more than fine. He'll listen to Belichick. He'll have a chance to either extend a career there or possibly get himself a nice payday somewhere else. You know, at this time next season. You could be right, but my money's on Denver. If that shoulder is healthy, John Elway loves a big arm. You're 100 percent right on that, and um, I don't I think they they're going they with Drew, um, Locke. Drew Locke out there. No, and, and we've we've seen I don't think it he's crash right. and burn. No, I mean he he had some moments, but we've seen it crash and burn with young quarterbacks that he's that he's drafted. So that's a I like that. Um, if he suits up for the Broncos, uh, I would I would be very cool seeing that. Will's Cowboys re-signed Amari Cooper to a five-year, hundred million dollar deal. Also signed defensive tackle Gerald McCoy. Um, Fredericks retired on the offensive line. That's another blow. They lost Cam Fleming on the offensive line of the Giants. Um, where do we think about where the Cowboys stand right now, real fast? They tag, they tag, uh, das, da, bleh, Jesus Christ, I can't talk. Try that again, my man. They tag Dak Prescott as well, um, so he will be sticking around most likely as their starting quarterback. Um, I mean, listen, the bread and butter of the Dallas Cowboys was the offensive line, and it's crumbling by the day, my friend. It is. They, they've, they've suffered some blows on that line, and, uh, you know, without committing to Dak, they lost Byron Jones to the Dolphins. Um, there's some uncertainty about this team. I still would pick them to be right up there fighting for the NFC East, but I have my trepidations about them. I, I, I don't know what their long-term plan is. You mentioned Denver as a possible landing spot for Cam. Well, it was the landing spot for Melvin Gordon. He wanted to spite the Chargers, which you know I'm a big fan of spite. He goes to Denver on a two-year, $16 million deal. Apparently took less money to go there because he wants to play the Chargers twice a year, which I think is awesome. Good move there for Denver. I like that move. Um, Chargers seem to be another team that's just letting all their talent go by the wayside. Um, maybe they're looking at somewhat of a quick rebuild. I like Melvin Gordon. I think there's some, some miles there. A little bit of injury trouble, but I still think he's got a few good years left. I do, too. And I think, you know, you put him right there. You've got Lindsey, too. I think that's a good backfield there for the Broncos. Philip Rivers to the Colts on a one-year deal. We knew this was coming. We'll see what he's got left. I don't think it's much, but the Colts are a good team. What do you to, think Rivers does with to. the kids now? I mean, I know they're not luggage, but do you think he puts them in school in um... – in Indianapolis, or do you think he just leaves them out there in San Diego? I, I'm well, assuming no, he's still Remember, they moved to there. Florida. They moved to Florida, remember? That Did was like they? that big deal. Yeah, early in the offseason, he mentioned that he was moving down to Florida, and that was kind of his 
I'm peace out LA San Diego area kind of deal. Hmm. I think he'll just keep his family down in Florida. There's no reason to bring him to Indy. He's only there for one year. Yeah. And I don't think his career is that much longer. Why I mean, do you think, why did just he move to Florida? Florida? Where or when? No, why? Oh, why? Boy, I got that whole question wrong. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not 100% I sure. I hope, listen, all I'm going to say is, and no offense to Florida, although this is a complete diss, I hope he has the kids in private school. He probably homeschools them. There, there's fucking a full classroom of kids. but He's <laughs> got nine of them, dude. I mean, uh, there, I just hope... Just given given Florida's history, I hope they're in private school. Listen, I don't know how much better he is at football. How you know how great he is still at football? But I know one thing: that guy's gonna be great at making babies for a long time. I mean, That's he's true. he's a goat. He's a goat right now as far as baby making. Good for good for uh, Phil Rivers and. You know, that whole damn family. Hey, he's going to be quarantined with nine kids and his wife. I mean, that's a full household. I thought that's he was up to 11. That could be too. Hey, he signed a one-year $25 million deal. I think he's going to have the resources to keep that family occupied for a while. I think he'll be just fine, especially because by all accounts from professionals, other professionals, you know, people in the biz, they're saying he's a pretty good candidate to be an announcer as well. So he'll be making bank doing that. There we go. Hey. Good for Philip Rivers. It, it, that guy's life turned out to be pretty good. Not the most clutch quarterback of all time. I don't know how much he has left. I mean, do you think that this was a good move for the Colts? I mean, they wanted a sure thing. I don't know how much of a sure thing he is, but he's probably still a little bit of an upgrade over Brissett. Yeah, let Brissett sit down on the bench for a year, maybe learn a few things, come back next year with some new knowledge, and see what Philip Rivers can give to you. I mean, at least there'll be a little bit of excitement there. And I, I think he is a bit of an upgrade. I do too. And, and, they got a good defense know. out there as well, and that offensive line is stout. I was just going to say, he'll stay upright at least, and that's good for him. So maybe yeah. he can make some plays. You mentioned Mariota to the Raiders on a two-year deal. He'll have a competition with Carr. Gruden says there's not a competition, which means there is a competition. Who started week one trash. for this? Who cares? <laughs> Me, maybe, possibly. <laughs> You're not thinking too highly of Mariota, huh? I'm thinking, not thinking highly of either of them. They're both check down Charlies. That's a start. You're not going to see a deep ball probably for like six straight games. Um, I mean, they've got some weapons out there. They got the uh, the the running back out of Alabama, Jacobs. They got Darren Waller at tight end. What's his face? Tyrell Williams at wide receiver. This is just coming off the top of my head, but. Uh, Rattle them off, baby. That's 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 what we need. You, I mean, you're the fantasy expert here, so you know the you know the depth of these teams. Couple offensive weapons, but I mean, this I think this team's gonna suck. I know we said it last year, and they ended up getting off to a little bit of a hot start, and they were in the playoff race for all of ten seconds before the Jets beat them. But I think this team absolutely sucks next year. It could be, and especially if the quarterbacks play the way that you're predicting that they will, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. I, I didn't really understand this move. I understood that Mariota was going to go somewhere and try to compete for a job. Vegas makes sense for that because Carr is, you know, kind of been on I thin ice with should have gone to New for a while. Yeah, I, I, I guess Not that, that wasn't... Book. It would have been, though. right? And, and I don't know, I mean, maybe the Patriots just weren't interested. I'm sure that he put them out as feelers. At that point, Brady hadn't said his goodbyes yet, but all indications were he was going to leave. 
Yeah, it's an interesting move, man. We'll see what Vegas is. We'll see what Vegas does. Just calling them Vegas is is weird. But yeah. they have the new stadium. They'll have no. They'll be printing money, and uh, maybe they'll print money good enough for a better quarterback in twenty twenty one. Malcolm Jenkins goes back to the Saints on a four year, thirty two million dollar deal. I think that's a really good move for them. They also brought in Emmanuel Sanders on a two-year $16 million deal to give Drew Brees another weapon as if he needs one. Sanders was great for the 49ers in that once they acquired him. This team just makes good football moves all the time. I love both of them. Anything they do, I really like it. Um, And then Sanders, I mean, coming off that Achilles injury from two years ago, just looked like it didn't even hold him back. Starting in Denver and then moving on to San Francisco, he was great. He was great. I, I I really think that that I mean to give them another weapon there. Obviously, you've got Michael Thomas and Kamara and just a Whitney of options for Breeze, and now you give him a great possession receiver who can also stretch the field. Really good move there by the Saints on a two-year, sixteen million dollar deal. You know what you're going to get from Emmanuel Sanders. Last one I have here, man. That's not Giants or Jets related. The Matty PP at it again. He trades Darius Slay to the Eagles for a third and fourth round pick this year. He subsequently signs a three-year, $30 million extension in Philly. He could not have possibly been more excited to get out of Detroit. All indications were that Patricia said that he was not all that good when they talked in 2018. I just treated him like a, you know, giant pile of shit. And Darius Lay is not a pile of shit. He's a good player. Uh, Matty PP strikes again. Yeah. I mean, he got a decent haul for a cornerback, especially on a team that, Needs a lot more than a cornerback to win, but looking at the player and the team that he's on now, they were in desperate need of a lockdown defensive back. They had a lot of trouble and a lot of injuries last year, and I think he's really going to help out Philly. I do too. Uh, I thought that was a really sound move for them. Um, and Philly's another team that you know they're going to be they're going to be locked in on wide receivers, but they they got their they got their defense it seems pretty well established and. You know, especially after losing Malcolm Jenkins, you're going to have to bring in a good defensive name, and they did that. All right, man. Let's so let's just talk real fast. Who did the best in free agency, and who did the worst as of right now? I'm going to give right now. I would probably say the best in free agency, Tampa Bay. I mean, come on, and I don't think they're done yet. No, did you see the report that said a lot of veteran players want to like, want to come there and like they'll take less to play with Brady? I mean, that's a great sign. That's like the LeBron effect. Yeah, I think um, I absolutely think that that they're not done yet, not even close to done yet. Um, I think Jason Peters might be headed down there. That'd be a nice move. Yeah, um, that'd be tough for Philly to lose him, but. Again, you can't keep everybody, but I think Jason Peters is definitely headed there. Um, that will help out that offensive line. And then maybe some more weapons for Brady. I don't know, maybe a Julian Edelman. He finds his way down there. <laughs> I don't know about I'm that. Sure that. I'm sure that conversation's already been had. Um, um, but, yeah, yeah I'm going to give Tampa Bay, with their future moves, my best. What do you think? It's hard to go against Tampa. The two other teams that I'll identify are the Browns and the Dolphins. I thought the Browns did a great job. They made some offensive line moves that they desperately needed to make. They bring in um, they bring in Hooper for tight end. Uh, they have Jack Jack Conklin that offensive line upgrade. They brought him over from Tennessee. I just think that those are two really sound moves 
for a team that has the offensive weapons. You give them another offensive weapon at the tight end position, and then you you establish an offensive with you get an offensive line upgrade with an established offensive lineman who was an All Pro last year in Tennessee. I think that was a great move, and obviously. You know, Miami threw money around, but they bring in a Byron Jones. They bring in a Kyle Van Noy. They made a lot of good moves, I thought, with that money. They had it to spend, and they upgraded at every single position um, that they addressed. So I'm going to give the Dolphins and the Browns the backseat to Tampa Bay, obviously. How about the worst? I'd have to give it to the Oakland Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders to you. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> you know, I'm still ca- calling them the San Diego Chargers, so you got to give me a few years on this one. <laughs> That's fair. That's I just fair. think they I'll didn't do anything. I didn't think they did anything to help their team. At least you don't call the Rams still St. Louis. Um, True. But yeah. For some I, reason, I, I can I remember that one. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, progress, man. We'll take it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. The Raiders were, did not do a good job. The other, The other team I'll mention that sucked. You can't do worse than Houston. I mean, you trade Hopkins for nothing, Oof. and you bring in Randall Cobb, who you gave way too much money to for a possession guy who hasn't been great, didn't have a great year in Dallas. I mean, he's now going to be expected to be an, you know, a major option for, for Watson. I don't know how you can get up from that, man. I think Houston is easily the loser of free agency so far. Absolutely. All right, man. You want to jump into our teams? Let's do it, buddy. Let's start with the New York football giants. So I'll run down the additions real fast. Don't have to spend too much time on these guys. They We mentioned James Bradbury. That news came down when we were doing the live pod last week at the studio. Three-year, $45 million, $32 million guaranteed. The more I think about this move, the more I like it. Byron Jones was who I wanted, but when I saw the money he got from Miami, I believe it was five years and, and $100 million. That's just too much money to give out. Bradbury is a really good player. He's not to the level of Jones, but he's that next tier. Uh, very steady, good cornerback who's going to play on the other side of DeAndre Baker, take some pressure off him. They've got a pretty deep cornerback kind of nickel position, uh, you know, in that locker room with some young players. Bradbury's going to add some experience and, and some really good productivity. Blake Martinez, three-year deal previously of the Green Bay Packers. We've known him for years. He's a guy who can't cover, but he can. He will make every single tackle. And after Alec Ogletree and David Mayo, who they also re-signed to a three-year deal, they cannot tackle. Thank God we'll have a linebacker to do that. They also bring in linebacker Tyler Fackrell on a one-year deal. He was also playing for Green Bay. He started to come about last year. He, he was pretty slow for a few years, not playing a lot. This is a kind of a show-me kind of deal to a younger player. Uh, One-year, $4 million. Again, add another guy to that linebacker room I think is good. You take Cam Fleming, offensive tackle, away from Dallas one year, up to $4 million with incentives. He is an upgrade over Mike Remmers on that right side. He can be a little bit of a rotational player, but again, he's a pro. And at that position, you need pros. He is that. They bring in old Patriot former Titan Dion Lewis. Terms haven't been disclosed yet, but he's going to split time with Saquon. Obviously, Saquon's the bell cow. But Lewis didn't get a lot of touches last year because I don't know if you've heard of Derrick Henry. He's pretty damn good. He took the majority of the of the touches for Tennessee. But Lewis, we've seen his versatility in New England and in Tennessee. That's what Joe Judge wants, familiar face. 
good move there, I thought. They also bring in Nate Ebner, who was kind of the special team's ace for the Patriots over the last few years, uh, in addition to uh, Slater. So they're going to try to get that Nate Ebner, Matt Slater. kind of. They're going to hope that they can unlock that potential and have him be that special team's ace for them. Uh, tight end Levine Toyolo, previously the 49ers, didn't get a lot of action when, uh, you know, obviously George Kittle is the featured tight end there. So they're real him in on a two-year deal. And then just a backup quarterback, Colt McCoy, who really cares. You hope he never plays. Yeah, absolutely. So those are those are my thoughts real fast on the Giants moves. I like overall what they did. I would have loved to have seen the Giadavian Clowney, but you're – that's just way too much money to pay to a player like that who, although he's great, he's not $20 million a year great. I thought and you guys are in the position moves. to be put over the top at this point. No, and I thought, that these, I thought that they made sound moves. They were responsible with the cap for the most part. They took a couple chances on certain guys. They brought in established players. And the biggest key for free agency, man, as we know, the goal is to upgrade every position with every player you bring in, and I can say that the Giants did that. No sexy moves, nothing that was, you know, eye-popping, but I think they got better at every position, and, and that's the goal. So I'm, I'm overall very pleased with the Giants. Run down your Jets, guys, man. What are you thinking for how the Joe Douglas in his first uh, first real offseason is done? Listen, I, I was really happy that they didn't re-sign Robbie Anderson. Instead, they went out today and picked up Rashad Perriman, who – when he played, he was obviously the third wide receiver on Tampa Bay. He was really good last year, and I'm happy with that. Another security blanket for, I believe he was a former first-rounder, another security blanket for our my baby boy, Sam Darnold. Um, outside of that, I was really happy that they went out and made a couple of um, moves to, to beef up that offensive line, which I have been screaming for for how many years now? Seems like... Since, I was Since I've known you. Um, went out and got a center from Denver, McGovern. Um, he's pretty good. I mean, I give that I thought one. that was a great – yeah, I thought that was a great move. Three-year, $27 million. Absolutely. He's going to fortify your, your center position. And then they get a they get a guard. Um, I thought that, that deal was decent, um, $7.3 million uh, for – what's his name? Greg Van Roten? Yeah, yeah, Van Roten. That was a nice move. Um. And then the one that I that's actually my favorite, it comes with a contingency for me because um, they did sign a few more. They signed um, Alex Lewis. So he, he was on the Ravens. He got hurt, but I think he's going to be decent. He's only on a one-year deal. I really like the move that they made for George Fant. You do? Yes. See, I, I, that was the one I, I thought that you – drastically overpaid for him. Why, why did you like that move so much? Former basketball player, super athletic. He's going to be – he's penciled in right now as their left tackle. I'm hoping that he played well as the sixth lineman for the Seattle Seahawks. But what I'm hoping for – now, this may be a stretch, but hear me out here. This is what I'm hoping for. Okay? Okay. Ready for this? All right. You got my attention, buddy. All right. I'm hoping that he slides over to right tackle – and the Jets go out and get a Pro Bowl left tackle in Trent Williams from the <laughs> Washington Redskins, who, needless to say, is not very happy in his current situation. Hasn't been. I think that would be the perfect deal. And I think they might be set up for that. You got the draft capital. You've got still some cap maneuverability. That's what I'm saying. That would, 
be awesome, man. I love your pipe dream. I don't think it's even that much of a pipe dream. I think he is going to get traded, and you guys are on that list as, as you know possible destinations. I just wanted to know how That's, crazy you thought that was, because I think oh, I this think guy would be crazy. really good as a right tackle. I don't think it's that crazy. That, I think, makes more sense because I don't trust him as a left tackle. I don't Neither think do that I. this is going to be money well spent if he has to be your starting left tackle. I don't love him. Um, I thought that it was a lot of money to give him. I definitely love the McGovern signing, yeah. even the Van Roten signing. Fan, I mean, it reminds me, not quite to the extent, but it reminds me kind of the Nate Solder kind of deal. Is This is a position that we need to fill this is a guy we're addressing. Well, the we problem when you read up spend. on him, because I read up a lot, is he's still developing. Now, I, I don't want right. somebody that's still developing playing left tackle and protecting Sam Darnold's blind side. I'm sorry. No, man, I, I could not agree with you more. Um, and remember, there's still a chance, even though you, you went offensive line heavy, I, there's still a chance you're going to address with a good player in the draft, although I do think this says you're getting a receiver at 11. Um, I think they're going to get a receiver unless the one of the top linemen is still there for them. But again, if they don't go out and get a Trent Williams, then maybe they could get a you know premier left tackle and then slide over. But I think they get Trent Williams, still slide him over, and then go out and they get a, a wide receiver in the draft. I also like I like the I like Brian Poole and Pierre Desir. Um, out of the cornerback position just because the Jets, they have great safeties in May and Adams, but they were really desperate at corner. Yeah, and you get to, you know, see Tremaine Johnson leave. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, right? Oh, Jesus Christ, man. He'll be on my list, by the way. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, I think overall the Jets, again, man, I mean, no sexy moves, but you start to see the kind of quality of player and the kind of blueprint that Joe Douglas has to building a team. I'm happy addressing so a major area of need. Yeah, I think you have to be. I think you uh, go, again, fan. I think you go out and get Trent ahead. Williams, you go sexy in the first round with a wide receiver because there's plenty on the board. And then from then on out, you kind of just build up build up your defensive line and your offensive line. And that's that's how you win football games and go from a good team to a great team. And that's Absolutely. what the Jets are trying to accomplish. Yeah, I think so far, oh, man, if you guys get Trent Williams, you win the offseason. I don't think it's close. Oh, my God, bro. You'll never hear the that, end of that. No, I, and I don't, I don't think I want to. I, I want to hear, I want to hear how, uh, how excited you are to see your baby boy never touched. Oh, John, yes. I gave you a homework assignment even though you're the CEO. Um, <laughs> But I think that this was a, a move that we had to do because it's topical. We just talked for about an hour on free agency so far. There's no other sports going on. So came to my mind, hey, how about we do a five best and five worst New York Giants for me, New York Jets for you, free agent signings of all time. Um, I think this could be fun. I want to hear your list. So let's do this. Let's give our bests first. Okay. Yeah. We'll start happy, and then we'll we'll get a little upset afterwards before changing subjects. So, Tom, I want you to give me the five best New York Jets free agent signings of all time, according to you, sir. All right. Let me get my list out here. My five best first. We'll lead off with. 
All right. So, you ready for this, my friend? Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. All right, so at number five, I have a three-way because all these guys kind of go together for me. I have Calvin Pace, Bart Scott, and Thomas Jones. Okay. Now, that was all part of those Jets um, back-to-back when they lost, obviously, and didn't go to the Super Bowl in the AFC Championship game teams. Bart Scott was always up there leading the league in tackles. Calvin Pace, I believe, made a Pro Bowl with the Jets. And I think Thomas Jones, the year that he did sign with the Jets, he made a Pro Bowl in 2008 or 2009. I know he led the league in rushing. So that's pretty good for a free agent signing. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree. And remember, Bart Scott played literally every single game of his Jets contract. Yeah, you can't complain there, right? Can't wait. Can't wait. I remember that as well. All right, so for my number four, I'm going to go with Vinny Testaverde. Oh, yeah. He led the I Jets to a 12-4 and record in one of the seasons he played, and honestly, that's enough for me as a Jets fan. 98 and led him to an AFC Championship game, another one that didn't win, but hey, yeah. he got there. Yeah, at least he got there. A lot of them don't. All right, so, so for my number three, I have... Kevin, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I did a lot of Kevin research. Mawai? Kevin Mawai. If you can sign a guy as an, that's an NFL Hall of Famer, I think that that's a pretty damn good signing. Yes. Um, he was a member agree. of the Pro Football Hall of Fame class in 2009, a six-time Pro Bowler with the Jets. Um, and obviously he's in the Jets' ring of honor. So he's obviously pretty great. Beautiful. I can't wait to see who the next two are because right there at number three, I mean, that's a, that's a Hall of Fame player. Next two better be good. Yes. Um, number three, or sorry, excuse me, number two for me, this one's kind of cheating because he was an undrafted free agent, but the Jets are kind of slim when it comes to signing good free agents, given why they haven't fucking won a Super Bowl since Joe Namath was playing quarterback. I'm going to go with, great, um, with Wayne Corbett. Ooh, okay. Member of the Jets, Ring of Honor, undrafted free agent. Um, he also won the Ed... Something Courage Award in 2005. Not that that matters. But he did play 152 games with the Jets. And shout out to the white wide receivers out there. That's my boy. All right. I like it. And then I, like coming it. In, I, didn't, I wasn't sure if we were doing undrafted free agents, but I like your uh, creativity there. I had to cheat a little bit. And then coming in at number one, you could probably guess who this is. Stolen from the New England Patriots, which I think is the best part of this whole thing, Curtis Martin. Awesome. Signed a six-year, $36 million deal with the Jets. I think Parcells stole him away from the New England Patriots. He's obviously a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Back in 2012, he was inducted two-time first-team All-Pro with the Jets. And he is obviously the Jets' all-time leading rusher with over 10,000 yards. Yeah, that's the undeniable number one, man. I like your list. It's interesting. I probably would have switched Corbett and Mawai. Uh, yeah, but I do like back. the way that you, I, I do like the way that you put, you know, you 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 got creative with it because you know five is sometimes hard to do. You're right; there have been a lot of gaps with the Jets and free agency. Um, but Corbett definitely belongs on that list. Mawai, I would slide him to two. But other than that, I agree with your list. I mean, those are all really good players that you know won a lot of games and and were stable forces for your team. Yes, sir. All right. Oh, and I put an asterisk there, Le'Veon Bell. Hopefully the Jets win a Super Bowl this year, and he's worth it. Okay. Because if not, he's going to end up on the worst list. 
<laughs> up on the worst. Yeah, well, if he has another year like last year, gets cut or something, Jesus, absolutely. And we can hold reservations for that. When I go to my worst, you know, we, I have a couple interesting guys. But So for my five best New York Giants free agent signings of all time, I'm going to lead with quarterback Kerry Collins, who they signed in 1999. Kerry Collins spent five years with the New York Giants. In that time, he threw 81 touchdowns for almost 17,000 yards, went to Super Bowl 35 in 2000. We won't talk about that Super Bowl because there was one team that played, and that was the Ravens. <laughs> Made playoffs again in 2002. You know, the the quarterback position was completely barren for the Giants after um, after they cut Phil Sims. The whole 90s was a she's Dave Brown and and just names that you never want to hear Danny Cannell never were. I mean, just, you know, never, never was a good thing. And then comes Kerry Collins, who was a, kind of a, a reclamation project. He was a former first round pick of the Panthers, fell out of love there, didn't play well, had some off the field issues, signs with the Giants. Jim Fossil scoops him up. His second year there, you know, he leads them to a 13 and three season. They go to the Super Bowl. They beat the Vikings 41 nothing at home in the NFC Championship game. Um, he had a really a really nice couple of years there with the Giants that paved way to the drafting of Eli Manning. So Kerry Collins for me is number five. Number four, I'm going Sean O'Hara, who signed a three-year deal for $5 million back in 2004. We, you know, we talked about the Jets bringing in Connor McGovern at center. The center position is huge. And under O'Hara's seven years that he ended up spending for the Giants, four more than that three-year deal, he was part of an offensive line that never allowed more than 32 sacks in a season also saw seven different 1,000-yard rushers during his time and was, of course, a Super Bowl champion in 2007. For number three, I have Antrell Rule, who the Giants signed in 2010 a five-year, $37 million deal. He's a former All-Pro with the Arizona Cardinals. Antrell Rule had three Pro Bowls for the Giants. He started every single game of his Giants career, much like Bart Scott did for your Jets from 2010 to 2014 was the defensive captain and locker room, you know, real locker room force. Helped win Super Bowl 46 against the Patriots in 2011. Definitely one of the most productive and impactful free agents the Giants ever signed. Number two, another impactful defensive free agent. The Giants brought in Antonio Pierce in 2005 to fortify the linebacking core. Six-year, $26 million deal. Antonio Pierce started 69 games for the Giants. He was the leader and captain of that defense during that time. He went to three Pro Bowls and, of course, won Super Bowl forty-two for the Giants. He was a leader on and off the field, about as good as you want to get from a, uh, from a linebacker. So really great move there in 2005. And my number one also came in in 2005, Plaxico Burris. Five-year, $35 million deal. Plaxico Burris was the number one receiver on the market that year, and the New York Giants needed a big play guy. They had Amani Toomer, they had Jeremy Shockey, but they needed a big-time wideout for going into his first full season of starting and second year in the league, Eli Manning. You had Tiki Barber out of the backfield, some good players, but they needed to stretch the field. And we know Eli. He had a tendency to be a little wild. Plaxico would go up and get the ball. 244 of them to be exact over his giant career for almost 4,000 receiving yards, 33 touchdowns, caught the game-winning touchdown in Super Bowl 42, and 
with one of my best puns, went out with a bang. In 2008, shot himself in the goddamn leg. <laughs> Jeez. I was going to gonna say something. Yeah, but if you just look back at when they signed him, I mean, you're getting four years of that. And when he did do that, the Giants were 10-1 and one in 2008, looking to possibly repeat. So that's my list. Uh, how do you feel about it? I like it, man. Uh, the pun was obviously my favorite part. And it must be real fucking nice to say Super Bowl champion with some of your guys. I, maybe someday I'll, I'll have that feeling. Well, that's how I felt, man. I mean, when you're looking, right, I mean, some there were other guys that had good stints, but the only guy on this list who didn't win a Super Bowl was Collins, and he went to one and was the major catalyst playing quarterback for that team. All the other guys that they brought in won Super Bowls and were integral parts of that team. So absolutely. Um, Sad you know, that I had to throw that. that. That three-way pick of Scott and Calvin Pace and Thomas Jones because I remember them for losing uh, two fucking AFC championship games. <laughs> I know, man. Hey, you never know. Your baby boy could. Uh, your baby boy is hopefully going to bring you to the promised land, and Tom Brady is not in your way anymore. So now we have to go back and bring ourselves down, and and you know slip a little bit into depression, Tom. Your five worst New York Jets free agent signings. All right, number five, number five, my friend. I'm going to go with when they re-signed Santonio Holmes after trading a fifth-round pick to Pittsburgh for him. Um, They signed him to a five-year, $45 million deal, $24 million guaranteed. One of the richest deals ever for a receiver at the time. Um, He was bad on the field. And he got cut after three seasons. Terrible locker room guy. Bad signing overall. Ouch. Yes, absolutely. I'm not, by the way, <laughs> let me just preface this by saying I am not mentioning Darrell Rivas, although that was an egregious signing the second time around because he is an all-timer for the Jets. Awesome. I was wondering if I was going to hear his name, so now I don't have to wait for that. Interesting. No. no. All right. You will, you, will, you will not say one bad thing about Darrell Rivas. Um, no. Great businessman. Let me just say that. Um, <laughs> That's a damn trick. Um, all right. Number four, Fitzpatrick. Now, I know he almost, of course, led the Jets to the playoffs in 2015 after fucking Geno Smith got his goddamn jaw broken by his own teammate. And in typical Fitzpatrick form, he loses us the playoffs by throwing an inter- by throwing a very costly interception in the final game of the season to the Buffalo Bills, and we miss out on the playoffs. But he was absolutely terrible on a one-year, $12 million deal in 2016. He went back to being good old Ryan Fitzpatrick, turning the ball over. And, yeah, I think the Jets, what was that? After that, the Jets traded up and uh, got, got themselves Sammy Day. Uh, they had one more, one more year, year with Gino. 17. Yes. Yep. Well, no, not Gino. I'm it trying to remember. In, se- in 17. Who did we talk ourselves Darnold into this year? I, th- I can't even remember, man. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> You're just trying to forget it. I think, yeah. you, I think you drank through the whole 2017 season. So. Most likely. Most likely. All right. Moving on to number three. Brett Favre. Need need I say more, bro? Need I say more? The thing I know Brett Favre best for, and I've mentioned on this podcast before, is sending a dick pic to one of the Jets' (laughs) cheerleaders. 
That is the thing I know Brett Favre for. Oh, and by the way, after the Jets fucking had a terrible season, they drafted Mark Sanchez. So that's just some more drafts <laughs> for you there. All right, moving on that. Real fast, real fast. I think it's like it's so typical, right? Because that year he gets hurt and then comes back for week 17 to play the Miami Dolphins for the division at home at, at the time Giants Stadium. And Chad Pennington leads the Dolphins to a win against Brett Favre and the Jets, and then he goes to Minnesota and almost goes to a Super Bowl. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. Crazy. Thank you for that. Appreciate that little tidbit. Sorry, sorry. I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention those things. And coming in at number two for me on the Jets' worst free agent list, he was most recently cut by the New York Jets, Tremaine Johnson. Literally was benched multiple times over the past few years from that massive contract he was given because of insufficient play and just an absolutely terrible player and not a great locker room guy either. Okay. I mean, I, I can't say anything good about what Tremaine Johnson Absolutely fucking terrible, and I am so happy to see him gone. And coming in at number one, this is a little bit before my time, but I did some research on him, and he is a classic Jets player, Neil O'Donnell. <laughs> so the Jets signed a 29-year-old quarterback coming off of a Super Bowl appearance with the Steelers. If the guy doesn't get re-signed by a team that he goes to the Super Bowl with, shouldn't that say enough for you? But nope, they went ahead and gave him, gave him a five-year, $25 million contract. That is back in 1996. And let's see, he lasted just six games in 1996, lost all of them, and got cut after two seasons. Good God. And by the way, I remember Josh McCown was your starting quarterback in 2017. There it is. I like there Josh McCown. Sure. Yeah, I think <laughs> you guys won five games that year. He was um, a nice guy. He was a nice guy. He's still playing, by the way. Almost led the, the Eagles to a, to a win in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, that's a good number one. I can't disagree with anything on your list. You brought back some, some rough memories uh, for, yeah. for Jet fans. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, anytime you give you, – you make a great point. I mean, who can give a quarterback that loses the Super Bowl? Literally, he's known for throwing two terrible interceptions in that game, and then the Jets turn around and give him a five-year, $25 million deal. That, I mean, and especially coming from the Steelers. I mean, that's an organization that pretty much knows what they're doing, and they didn't want any part of them. So. It's a mixture of desperation well, and stupidity. Yeah, well, you know, there's always going to be a team, and and for that, for Neil O'Donnell, it was it was the Jets. Okay, time for me to drown my sorrows with the five worst giant free agent signings. There were there were actually more of these than I can recall. Probably again because they had some really good ones that amounted to wins, but boy, there were some rough ones. I'm going to start at number five. With Shane Vereen in 2015, signs a three-year, $12.5 million deal with the Giants. Now, Shane Vereen was a Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. He was kind of an all-do-it-all you know, do it all running back. You could split him out wide. He, he was a scat back. He could get some carries. He was supposed to play alongside um, – uh, shit, what was his name? Wow, that was a brain fart. Never mind that. Um, but he had a – the running back they had from the Raiders. Um, but anyway, 
he was supposed to be their second back, and boy, he was just absolutely awful. Didn't play much either. In his time as a Giant for the last three years, 572 rushing yards for one touchdown, 841 receiving yards for four touchdowns. That was Shane Vereen's Giants career. I, and you could hardly even remember that he was a giant. Number that sounds four like a for month me. for Shaquan. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Seriously, man, that it was it was a rough that was a rough signing. And I remember actually being pretty excited about it because he just won the year before with the Patriots, and he was a pretty featured guy, kind of like that Deion Lewis, kind of like that uh, Kevin Falk kind of guy. Thought he was going to add a lot of versatility to the Giants, and he just he just never did. Number four for me, I have Brandon Marshall in 2017, your former boy. We took him from the Jets. That was when everything really started to just snowball out of control. The Giants decided not to address the offensive line and figured, hey, let's give Eli just another guy to throw the ball up to since he's going to have no time, and Brandon Marshall will catch it. Two-year, $12 million deal. Here's what Brandon Marshall did for the Giants. He played five games, then got hurt. Caught 18, tu- 18 receptions, no touchdowns, and then was doing inside the NFL while he was getting paid by the Giants. So that obviously not what we would call very good. Um, <laughs> number three for me, I'm going Jeff Schwartz. In 2014, Jeff Schwartz signed a four-year, $17 million deal. He was supposed to fortify an offensive line that had lost a couple of key members from those Super Bowl teams. Well, he didn't do that. He played just 13 games and was released before the 2016 season. He played just two years for the Giants. Again, 13 games, no production at all to speak of. Really bad player, but he's gone to Kansas City and he's actually played well and he's been healthy. And hey, that was his biggest thing. You know, his production was probably poor because he was hurt and then he just wasn't on the field. But hey, that's a bad free agent signing if you ask me. All right. Next on the list, Nate Solder. Oh, wow. It's new. It's in the, it's in the mindset. But let me tell you that. This is what happens when you desperately overpay for a position that you suck at. Remember, they had drafted Eric Flowers two years before, and it was becoming very obvious that Eric Flowers could not play left tackle for the Giants. So they signed Nate Solder, who was well past his prime. The Patriots wanted no part of him. You mentioned Wendell O'Donnell and how the Steelers felt about him. Well, that's how the Patriots felt about Nate Solder. Do not take guys from the Patriots who they don't want. The Giants made him the highest-paid left tackle of all time, four-year, $62 million contract. He's played two seasons for the Giants. He's allowed 18 sacks and has had 10 penalties against him. By far, the Giants' offensive line leads is among the worst in the league. And, you know, that's the equivalent of, like, the Tampa – or, you know, like the San Diego Padres – signing a number three starter like a James Shields to, you know, number like ace type money. Like that's what the Giants had to do because you need to get the left tackle situation figured out. I knew from the get go, remember you and I had just started the podcast and I was like, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. And it has been. Number one, my friend, the worst New York Giant free agent signing of all time. This one's not close. LeVar Arrington in two thousand and six. Seven-year, $49 million deal now, after being a bowler. I was excited when they got him, yeah, because in 06, I mean, you had Strahan just retired, or hadn't retired yet. He had about a year or two left. 
he was gonna he was teasing retirement, not coming to training camp or anything like that. You had Yuminura and Matthias Kiwanuka as well, and they had now you bring in a wall bar, Arrington. Oh my god, I mean this is talk about a NASCAR defense. I mean nobody's gonna be able to do anything against this team. And he had he had tormented the Giants when he was a Redskin going to a couple Pro Bowls. Well, here's LeVar Arrington. Six games, fourteen tackles, one sack, ruptures in his Achilles. Giants cut him after one year. Sheesh, he didn't even get and to win a, the Super Bowl. Shit ton of money. No, because he was 06, so they had they won it in the 07 season. So he was the year before, and you know I was I was thinking this guy's going to be a linchpin in this defense because you already had Antonio Pierce too. They signed the year before. This is a playoff team. Holy shit! I mean, nobody's going to be able to score on us. We're just going to wreak havoc and kill quarterbacks. They eventually still did. You know, they, they drafted Justin Tuck the next year. But holy shit, man. I mean, when you sign a guy and he plays six games and then you cut him after a year, especially based off the money that you gave him, that's about as bad as it gets. So LeVar Arrington for me is the worst Giants free agent signing of all time. Wow, man. Wow. And you know what? You got a couple on there. Most of the Jets were just based off pure stupidity. That just is more Jets. A lot of the guys on your thing is just injury. I mean, still bad signings at the end of the day, but Arrington was a great player before he got hurt. He was. And then, you know, it's a lot of what happens with bad free agent signings is luck, right? I mean, or lack thereof. It's just guys come in and and they get paid, and it's what it does to your salary cap, too. And again, fortunately, the Giants were able to recover from a couple of these. I mean, the Arrington, they they were still able to generate a great defense that led to a Super Bowl title in 07, but boy, I mean, that's that's bad. And, And Nate Solder and that offensive line has been a shit show. If they do improve, it won't be because of him. And, uh, you know, you're just looking at a Shane Vereen who was supposed to be a, a weapon, a Brandon Marshall who was supposed to be a weapon, and they were anything but that. So I, I absolutely have to put a guy who played six games out of a seven-year deal and then got cut. Yeah, absolutely. That was number one. So that was kind of fun, man. What did you think of those lists? Maybe we, uh, maybe we do one of those a week. We can kind of see what's topical, but – I thought that was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe next we can move on to the NBA, give top five at each position or something. We'll have to figure that out. Yeah, well, hey, we've got time, and we've, we've got to generate content. we got to keep it going. Absolutely. Our website's been doing well lately. I'm working on an article, actually. I'm sure you got something. You've been cooking. very excited about it. Yeah, it's uh, – I've just been trying to – I honestly, right now, it's I'm trying to figure out how long I want it to be and whatnot because I know people are bored, but I don't know how fucking bored they are, and this one could be a long one. So, uh, I'm excited, man. I, I can't wait to read it. Uh, the suspense is killing me, I'll be honest with you. Before we go into pop culture and whatever else we're doing with our time, just quick MLB updates. Noah Syndergaard, news broke today that he needs Tommy John. And Chris Sale, that he finally elected to get Tommy John. I know baseball is not even on our mind right now, but those are two blows to two teams right there. Oh, I agree with you completely, but never a better time to get it than when the world is suspended. Um, if you need it, get it, I guess. Still sucks. 
Still sucks. Tough for the Mets. And you know, uh, it's the same thing every year for me. I get excited about the Mets, even though I'm a Yankee fan. I pick them to make the playoffs, and then they fucking suck. So maybe this year I'll learn my lesson with Syndergaard being out possibly for two years and just not pick them to make the playoffs off the jump. Well, the good thing is we haven't had to do our baseball predictions, and we can table that for a while yeah. as news continues to come in. Because hey, if we're not starting till you know late May, June, there's no reason to to show our hand right now. We we can we can take a little bit more time to figure out who the hell we think is going to win. Uh, Absolutely, and I'm sure these won't be the last two to elect to have that Tommy John. Probably not. Uh, and, and for Chris Sale, man, this is. We just talked about the worst free agent signings in football for our teams. This is going to go down as one of the worst. This is going to go down as one of the best trades the Red Sox ever made and the worst free agent signings of all time. To give him a five-year extension when he was literally, you know, having to pitch out of the bullpen in the playoffs because his elbow was hanging by a thread, missed all of two, almost all of 2019 with elbow issues. When he did pitch, he wasn't good. And now he's going to be out, you know, probably through the middle of 2021 just a shit signing and, and no offense to him i'm at, i like chris sale i'm a chris sale fan not gonna miss seeing him pitch and and any misery that red sox and all of new england sports fans can get right now uh, bring it on i'm all for the misery i i absolutely love it and again this guy i i hate to say it because you know what when you get this kind of money you take it but this guy costs them mookie Betts, who's probably their second greatest outfielder of all time Great call. Yeah, that and the Evaldi deal definitely, definitely pushed Mookie out. And uh, you can't be feeling too good right now if you're if you're a New England sports fan. And good. I hope that that lasts for the rest of our lifetimes. Um, Stanton apparently good to go with his calf. Obviously good to go for nothing. But, you know, <laughs> hopefully this is just just get that fucking thing figured out and, and don't go too crazy and just be healthy. Do the yoga, baby. Is. Go to yoga, baby. Hot yoga, goat yoga. You, you detailed all the options. Quarantine you know, yoga, uh, it's a new thing. You do it alone. Awesome. I could send awesome. him some old yoga tapes. I'll, I'll pick them up, you know, at a goodwill Ooh. or something. You know, maybe, I, I think that he would probably like that. If you can keep all your different yoga interests coming to him, it's like a new one each week. You can be excited about it. Yeah, there we go. There it is. And then the last one, Aaron Judge, progressing with his rib, you know, Fortunately, again, you know, he's got time on his hand. But did you hear this shit? He revealed that he had a partially collapsed lung in addition to this rib fracture. Yeah. Um, it said that he, he was wasn't going to be through this. That's nuts, man. I mean, listen, it, it kind of makes me change. Does it make you change your opinion of him? I mean, my opinion of him is, you know, I know he's a gamer and he's going to get through, he's going to gut through everything. I mean, he's not a, a pussy from the sense of he's not going to try to play. He's going to try to play and he's even going to play well when he's compromised. But no, he still finds a way to get hurt all the time. He's True. injury prone right now. It's still, that, that's been my thing with him. It, it's now, it's the same did, with Stan. Does he, did he mention how he got a collapse long or, or what? how this came about well it was it was on that dive that diving attempt in that game in september that Oof. said that's when his rib fractured so he was playing all through the postseason with going this on thing. planes and shit going on planes and shit now again i that was when the rib injury happened and the reason you know i i heard a couple of yankee fans and even me and me initially was like what the fuck how did they not say he had that and how did they not figure it out 
he doesn't have to reveal that. And, and he probably didn't want that getting out that he had a partially collapsed lung too. So that could have been from, that could be a new recent development. I mean, that could be, Hey, he was training down in Tampa in January. And as he was doing his, you know, rehab work or his training, you know, in addition to the rib, something happened where hit part of his lung collapsed. I have no fucking idea. I can't imagine they would let him fly knowing he had it. Yeah. Um, but Jesus Christ, man. I mean, again, you gotta, you gotta just say whenever opening day is, hopefully he's in the starting lineup. As we said last week, feel bad for Clint. The guy's not catching a break. He's not playing. No, not at all, man. <laughs> I, they need to trade him. They should be, they should be on the phone every day right now. And, you know, the, the only thing holding them back for that is these two guys appear to be very fragile and they might very well need him at some point in the season, regardless of how long the season even is. We'll talk about and speculate about when that is going to happen at another time. I am not going to do that right now because it makes me depressed. So and I need then we're going to have to turn around and push it back like eight times. So why even do it? Exactly. I'm not fucking playing that game and I know you're not either. So let's not. All right, buddy, what are you watching? What are you reading this week in Pop Culture Update, in Tom Quarantine Update? What's your world like, brother? Well, I told you I got into a couple old hobbies. There's a lot of money, actually, in sports trading cards. So I, I got back into that. Um, bought, a, bought a bunch of Glaber Torres rookie cards just because they're Ooh. really cheap right now, and I am huge on Glaber. I think he's going to be one of the greatest Yankees of all time. I'm calling I it. I've been saying right. that I love it. for years. I think he is going to – honestly, this is going to sound crazy, buddy, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think he's going to surpass Jeter. Wow. Well, yeah. He better win a shit ton of titles. I think he's – I think when it's all said and done, I'm going to give you Glaber Torres. I don't think he's going to have five titles, but I think he's going to have three World Series, and I think he's going to have – Maybe a, two or three batting titles, a bunch of gold gloves, and two or three MVPs under his belt. That is quite the bold statement. And when we are doing this podcast in 25 years, uh, I will I will absolutely remember you making that claim. But a couple of Glaber Torres uh, rookie cards. All right. Yes, sir. Got them for like 15 bucks. By the time it's all said and done, hopefully they'll be worth about, I don't know, eight, ten grand a piece. Um you know, aside from that, I'm just kind of reading a few books here. Um, working on our website as well as my other website in my free time. Playing a lot of video games lately. I, I got off the video games for a while, but I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. MLB The Show just came out. Um, been playing a lot of that. And then on the television front, been watching Peaky Blinders. Um, I watched that show on Netflix about the guy with the tigers in Florida. I don't know if you heard about that. What the that fuck shit. is that? No. Um, I think he actually lives in Oklahoma, but he's from Florida. Um, I don't know. It, it's on the front page of Netflix. Once you log in, it, just take a gander at it. It is Florida at its finest. It's hilarious. Is it like Florida man shit? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Guns, bleach blonde hair, mullets, you know, <laughs> yes. shit like that. That Tigers. could be Oklahoma too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma is just Florida with less money. <laughs> Fucking facts. <laughs> what about you, man? What have you been into lately? Oh, I've been watching oh, that Hitler shit. show a little bit. 
You know Hitler's back. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, the Nazis are back. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm finishing Curb. Uh, I got. The, I know the last episode came out this past Sunday, so I'm tabling that. I'm going to watch that probably tomorrow. Um, been playing a lot of NBA 2K, doing some fantasy drafts with that. Uh, so <laughs> doing that's some simulations, see the best GM. Doing some simulations and shit. Yeah. Um, still working out every day. You know, I got to get. Just, again, break up the monotony. I was going to ask uh, you about that because I actually forgot to tell you that I joined a gym, started working out, and then this whole thing happened, and now my gym's closed. It's like a sign that, you know, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah, right? I haven't been able <laughs> to play any fucking golf. I'm dying. Oh, uh, dude, it's rough. It's rough. Um, As but we complain and other people good, have corona. So got, <laughs> exactly. We got, it's for the greater good for us to be quarantined and... You know, I saw this great meme. I think it was like a week ago. It was like our grandfather, our grandfathers were asked to fight in world wars. We're being asked to sit on our couch just to put things in perspective for everybody thinking that, you know, Absolutely. this is the worst thing that's ever happened to them. But no, so I'm just kind of doing that shit again, taking it day by day. Still trying to, you know, get my exercise in every day. I did happen to catch on Sunday ESPN2 made a great decision and had ESPN 8, the Ocho, on all day long. So <laughs> I was kept, I was checking in on that a little bit. They had the tram racing championships out of Belgium. There was this thing called death diving where people literally just, like, do, like, basically, like, limp poses as they jump 50 feet into water. That was in some country in Scandinavia. The announcer was so fucking into it. I had no idea what the judging criteria was, but... Whoever that announcer was, ESPN, better promote him from the Ocho to Monday Night Football and give him whatever money he wants because he did a great job. Peace out, Other Booker. ridiculous shit. Dodge juggling. Whoa. That was awesome. Uh, dodge juggling. So it's like a guy's juggling and a bunch of pins, and there's a wall of teammates in front of him trying to, blo- trying to guard him because the opposing team – are throwing dodgeballs at him and the pins that he's juggling. Wow. So that was fucking great. And I think that'd be pretty good workout. Oh, Not dude, the juggling part. Be, no, 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 no. I, I definitely want to be either the team, part of the team throwing the ball, trying to hit him or, uh, or having to block it. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, obviously the Ocho, just a great job. And by the way, ESPN, please stop playing first take and get up there's nothing to talk about and i can't take it this anymore just show the ocho all day every day every uh, time i turn on espn maybe once a week and i'm just like guaranteed they're talking nfl and then it loads and they're fucking talking something stupid about football see that's it i don't mind the news i don't mind you know there is no news though but that's my piece man i mean you got the free agent news that we talked about there's still some moves trickling in we got pre-draft, you know, we've got our draft expert, Frenchie. He's going to come on, and, and he's doing his prep already for us. Um, the draft is four weeks from this Thursday, so that's exciting. I think they're but planning on that, pushing it, word on the street. No, man, they're going to have it. They're no? just not okay. going to do – yeah, no, they're going to have it. They're just not going to have it as an event. So they took it away from Vegas where it was held, where it's going to be held, and it's close to the public, so it's literally going to just be like the old days where they – they call up, uh, they call up the draft picks, and they're like, "Hey, you got drafted, awesome, you know." It'd be like it wasn't in, in the '80s before this whole thing blew up into, you know, a spectacle. Um, 
so that's really the only sports news to talk about. So honestly, fuck everything else. Like, how do you compare Pat Mahomes to LeBron James? Like, I don't get it. At least we're good at creating content. ESPN, take a page out of our playbook. Come on. Um, other than that, just, you know, going to try to get into more shows, watch some documentaries, and I'm going to well watch this tiger guy from Florida because uh, that sounds too good. <laughs> I'll give I heard you one Kreischer's episode. stand-up was really good. Who's? So I'm going to catch Burt Kreischer's. Is that on Netflix? So I'm gonna try. Yeah, so I'm going to try to catch that because uh, he's fucking hilarious. Um, okay. And yeah, man, just kind of take it day by day. Um, write some articles, create content for our pods. We'll churn these out weekly or whenever we feel, you know, we, we can do a good one. And that's kind of where I'm at. Absolutely, man. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. We got nothing really going on. I don't think the world has much going on aside from Corona. So everybody stay safe out there. Stay inside. That's pretty much it. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Stay safe. Stay inside. Hopefully we'll get through to the other side of this whole thing uh, with as few casualties and problems as possible. And uh, the only way to do that is for everybody to just stay the fuck inside and listen to what people are saying. Do your part, everybody. That's it. All right, Tom. I'll talk to you soon, man. See you later, my friend. Take care, pal.